welcome to the Destination Begin podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Smith. I've lost over 250 pounds. I've started my life over multiple times and managed to find humor, lessons, and joy in the process. And now I'm here sharing those stories with you. Thanks for joining me. Hi, hi. I haven't recorded a podcast in a hot minute. Um, I've been trying to focus on other things, but I've been talking to a lot of you who follow me on Instagram and um, that have met me online. And a lot of you found me through the podcast or listen to the podcast or want to um, have more podcasts. So I have been cheating you all out of podcasts. But here's the reason. Okay, don't be mad at me. I don't always know what to talk about because... I mean, I would talk about my life and all the things going on, but then I get some feedback saying, I don't really want to hear about like what's going on in your life. I want to hear, you know, your topic, whatever you're talking about, nutrition or diets or whatever. I don't want to hear all the crap about your life. So then I get all stressed out. I'm like, I better not talk about my life. And then people are like, what's going on with your life? I miss when you talk about your life. So it seems like I can't make everyone happy. So then do you know what I do? I just don't podcast and everybody loses. So I have to figure out something better. Also, what's interesting is so many of you have told me, hey, listen to the podcast. I love it so much. Um, I'm obsessed and I talk about it all the time. And um, I just have to say, you didn't tell me that. So if you listen to this podcast and you like it, please leave a comment, subscribe, just message me. I really, I don't assume that anybody listens so if you listen and you like it, you got to tell me. Otherwise, I assume I see the numbers like, oh, wow, a thousand people listen to my podcast. I assume it's like robots because I get like maybe two comments saying that that people listened. And so I don't know what the other 998 of you thought or whatever. So please tell me. It's been a good lesson for me, too, when I find something online or I find content or I like something. I will try to remember to comment because that person even if it looks like a big, like a big account or something, which mine doesn't, I'm just me. I have like, I don't know, 2000 followers. Um, it's usually just a person, like a person sitting in her apartment, making stuff and put it on the internet. So it's not like there's somebody else managing it. It's me. I see it all. I read it all. I do all this stuff myself. And so, um, you know, like I follow people like Jenna Fail. If you don't follow Jenna Phil, you need to follow Jenna Phil. She's so pretty and she's so funny and she's so awesome. Um, and commenting to her, she reads it. It's not like she has an assistant who reads it or something. So if you see something, say something. If you like something, say something. How's that? So anyway, uh, what's new here? <laughs> so many things are new. Um, my last official day as uh, the controller for my law firm in Minnesota was in May and um, that was momentous except it wasn't because I stayed on like as a contractor. So I still did some work and I still get asked for some things which um, I haven't done because the incentive isn't there. I mean, they'll pay me per hour to do it, but um, it's really hard. Um, it's really hard to really get excited about helping and thinking about it. I'm just over it. I've checked out, I moved on. I'm not thinking about controllery things. I'm thinking about controllery things in my own life now because I left that day job and now my destiny is in my own hands. I have to I have to build products and sell products and execute on products and 
um, train clients and retain clients and get clients and help clients. And I have to do the accounting for my business now and not someone else's and carry all of that on my shoulders. So it's not like I left accounting. It's just that I shifted gears. So I'm now accounting for myself. I went back to Minnesota last week um, and it was really nice because they had a, a lunch at uh, Chevy's, which is this Mexican place near um, the office, which we would go there so much back in the day that it was like, we don't, go to go to, we don't wanna go to Chevy's, but there wasn't a whole lot near the office except the Mall of America. And the Mall of America is kind of a pain with parking and then walking into the food court or to the restaurants. And then we had one partner who was sure that the Mall of America was gonna get bombed and so he would never go. And so if Bob came along, we couldn't go to Mall of America for lunch. So the options were Chevy's or uh, Chevy's or there was this Italian place called Red Rosa that he really liked that was so gross, but he liked it mainly because there was never anybody in there and he could get the undivided attention of the wait staff. Um, and still, God, even then it was terrible service. Anyway, and so we go to Chevy's oh, way too much. And then they opened this other restaurant called Hazelwood. That was really good. So then everybody went there and then it became just like nobody went to Chevy's. So then when I was coming to town and they said, hey, where do you want to go? We'll have a big group lunch. It's the first time everyone's getting back together since COVID. So like 18 months, 16 months since our office closed. And I was like, I want to go to Chevy's because I haven't been there in so long. And they have such good guac that they make tableside. Well, everybody was excited to go to Chevy's because it had been so long. So there's your moral of your story. If you get sick of something, just don't do it for 16 months and then um, and then offer to pay too. I think in fact the firm paid for it, but I digress because that's what I do. Anyway, it was really, really nice. And um, the best part. So I work for, I worked for four um, partners, VHPM. P, Dan Pattis, retired, lived in, um, well, not retired, but work limited, retired as a partner. Lived elsewhere um, and so new partners. Anyway, this is so much information you don't need. I work for four partners and I loved each of them. They were spectacular people to work for. People ask me, aren't you so glad you finally are doing what you've always dreamed of doing by working in fitness and helping people? And I say, no, it is awesome that I'm doing this, but I went from doing what I loved to doing what I love. Um, I loved working as an accountant and I loved working at VHPM. Working for those four people, working with those colleagues, absolutely one of the greatest privileges of my life. It was like Willy Wonka world. It was like Christmas and, and Valentine's Day every day. Um, incredibly kind, spectacular, smart people to work for and to work with. Nobody really ever left. We retained everyone. The culture in the office was amazing. And each of the partners had a different set of qualities that made them just wonderful to work for. But um, I had my favorite and that was Bob. Um, Bob just, I don't know, Bob just really, really sweet. Uh, so super funny and um, really smart. And he didn't make me feel stupid. Cause well, it was one day that I realized that in December, it was summertime in Australia. And it's not like I didn't know that it was warm in other parts of the world while it was cold in Minnesota. It's that I didn't understand they called it summertime in December. I just thought that it was winter everywhere. That was the time of year. And Australia had warm winters and we had cold winters. I didn't know that they called it summer. And so I was freaking out about it. 
And I was like, mind blown. Nobody called me. Nobody told me. And so at the office, I mentioned that to Bob. I was like, dude, you know what I just found out this weekend? I found out that it's summertime in Australia. And he didn't laugh at me. Instead, he grabbed my little globe. I had a decorative globe. And he got an orange and he showed me how like the sun and the moon and the earth all go around each other or something. I don't remember anymore, but he taught me. And it made sense. I didn't remember it, but it made sense. And he didn't make me feel stupid. It was awesome. So that's just an example of Bob. And then, um, you know, just sitting in the office working and you just hear him whistling coming down the hallway and he'd always make funny jokes and maybe a little bit, not inappropriate, but on the border of, he'd say things like, I'm not touching that because that would be inappropriate, which would then make you understand the inappropriate thing that he maybe would have said. But he was HR before I came on and took on HR. And then Michelle, my counterpart, um, she took on more HR, but he was very um, particular and careful about HR violations. Like that would be an HR violation. And it was a little tongue in cheek, but he did take it really seriously. And one thing that he took seriously was he made sure that he never touched anyone, especially women. Like we'd be all out to a group lunch. If he was sitting by a girl and an elbow touched, he'd go ah! and make a big joke out of it. Um, HR violation. It was really funny and it wasn't, it wasn't annoying. Um, but he also just didn't like to be touched and he didn't like to be hugged. And, you know, obviously at work, we didn't go around hugging each other. Some of us ladies did, but I, I would never have hugged him, but I would like to tease him that I was going to. So this is a long story. I digress. So I was at the restaurant last Tuesday waiting for everyone to come and he came first. And so I saw him and I put my arms out for a big hug and I was like, it's no longer an HR violation because I don't work for you anymore. And I hugged him. It was the first time I ever hugged Bob. And it was the best. And then when I left, I hugged him again. And um, so I got two hugs out of Bob. And that was awesome. Uh, just a just an angel on earth. Love him. Also super annoying sometimes in business meetings because we bring up a topic, uh, a decision to make. And he wouldn't care. But he'd be a little bored. So he'd just like pretend like he was against it to find out how firmly we believed in it and get us all riled up and defending something. And then he'd be like, I actually didn't really care. I just wanted to hear what you said to say. And I feel like um, he escaped death many times by Michelle and me. So anyway, um, it was really great to see everyone and um, everyone to see each other because they also hadn't seen each other in a long time. And um, just went around and said, what's new and interesting in everyone's lives. And it was fun. And I got to meet the new controller that we um, recruited and um, hired and I trained him in via Zoom. Hadn't met him in person yet. Um, a super great guy, he's gonna do a really great job, better than me. Um, I feel like in the accounting world, especially in a private firm like that, it's every in everybody's best interest to trade out your controller and your accountant every few years. Because invariably you end up just doing things the way you've always done them. And that's not always the right way anymore. There could be a better way. There could be a more correct way. And so I have a feeling that he's going to find all kinds of things and be like, what did this lunatic do here? And he's going to fix it. So everyone is better off. So um, what else is new? So I had another plastic surgery procedure. This is something I haven't really talked about because it's my butt. And, you know, it's my other plastic surgeries I posted before and afters. And I was very candid about it because... You know, after weight loss, you end up with a lot of loose skin. But this was my butt, and it's just not something that you post all over the internet. I mean, at least, well, some people do, but it's not something that I necessarily wanted to do. 
um, that much of. I. It's not that I care. It's more like I don't want the perception of, wow, Kristen's putting her butt all over the internet because I don't want that reputation. Sorry, I'm drinking my, um, my hacked hot chocolate while I'm doing this. And normally on this podcast, I would pause, take a drink and re-record. But since I'm recording video of me doing the podcast, can't really do that. So anyway, so here's the story of the plastic surgery. So I had a tummy tuck and I had a, um, a breast lift and breast augmentation and a thigh lift and an arm lift. I did all those surgeries in 2018 and 19 and I was done. Got rid of all my excess skin, happy, happy. Well then this year when I was doing my bikini competition, um, you know, losing all of the fat off my body and then having to pose and stick my butt in people's faces, um, yeah, I lost all the fat off of my legs and off my butt. And then it was very apparent how much loose skin I had at the base of my butt cheeks. And it really bothered me. I had a posing coach. And so I learned how to stand so that when I was standing there, it was not sagging. But when you turn and walk and do the pose, it moves. It jiggles and moves. And it, I got over it in that like I wasn't ashamed of it anymore or embarrassed of it. But um, it, it was a fact. It was there and it was jiggly and I didn't like it. And uh, a man and I talked about, you know, maybe we should just get, ooh, it's raining, it's storming. Maybe we should get these uh, these butts of ours fixed now that we've gotten all the fat off of them. So it turns out that one of my clients here in Miami, she has had weight loss surgery and skin removal surgery. And I told her that I wanted to potentially have another skin surgery. And um, it's thunderstorming in Miami because it's rainy season. Um, so if you can hear that. So she happened to have had um, a procedure, the same procedure I wanted from the best plastic surgeon in the country um, who specializes in um, skin removal and Brazilian butt lifts, which I didn't want a Brazilian butt lift because I just didn't want one. But anyway, she took me. She went there with me. They all knew her really well. She knows them. She They love her. Um, did a quick, like literally I walked in, pulled my pants down. <laughs> it was so bizarre. The surgeon is, I don't know, he's pretty old. He's like, yeah, yeah, I can fix this. Sure thing. Gave me a quote, um, and got the price down to like ridiculously cheap and said, yeah, we could do it next Monday. This was in, I don't know, a week. I got, my surgery was scheduled like 10 days later. And I had decided I wanted to get it done right away so that I could get back to my busy life here, building my businesses. I gave myself the summer to get some of these projects off the ground. So awesome. Next next Monday it is. I'm just going to come on in here. He was like, we're going to do local anesthetic. We're not even going to give you general anesthesia. It's going to be no big deal. We're going to use the same incision from your tummy tuck, which when I did my tummy tuck, it was an extended tummy tuck. So that surgeon went all the way around my body, except about a two inch piece above my tailbone that he did not cut. So I had an incision on my back. So he said, we'll just go in the same spot. We'll, you know, go in a, like a swoopy C, you know, swoop down, pull everything up tight and re-sew it. Perfect, right? No big deal. So, um, no big deal. He's like, you know, you'll be cut off your feet for a week, but then you'll be walking and you'll be feeling better, you'll be fully recovered in three weeks. And I'm like, all right, no big deal. I'll get coverage for boot camp for a couple of days. I'll get coverage at the spa I work at for one of the weekends and I'll be back on my feet. No big deal. So indeed, I just went about business as usual. 
um, arranged to have someone run boot camp for a couple of days. But my surgery was Monday, June 7th, so I ran boot camp and then um, had coffee with my friends. And then I thought, you know, I won't be able to lift or work out for a while. So I lifted, I went for a run and uh, showered and got in an Uber and Ubered myself to the surgery. And no big deal, got there, put the stuff on. Um, I had paid um, or had lined up to stay overnight there since I don't have anyone that lives with me so that I could just make sure I was okay and not have to go home. So go in there, do the surgery, wake up in recovery. They kept me in recovery overnight. A nurse stayed with me, it's no big deal. I was in a little pain, but this wasn't a big deal. Um, and then I went home the next day. Again, not a big deal, but then it became a real big deal. Um, just my recovery has been a total, like a hot fever dream. My other recoveries from my other surgeries, my tummy tuck was painful and really difficult, but all of my healing from all my surgeries were very, um, very, I don't know. They just weren't problematic. I heal really easily. I heal really quickly and, uh, ain't no big deal. Well, I was home. Sorry, Riggin is um, getting into mischief because I'm not paying attention. Riggin, don't eat the orchid. Don't eat the orchid. Get down. Um, Riggin is terrified of storms, so he really would just like to be on, on my head right now because it's storming. So anyway, so I came home. I was on pain meds, um, sitting around on the couch, took a little nap, woke up, and um, my incisions were bleeding. Sorry if you're squeamish. Uh, so I'm like freaking out. Like it wasn't the drains. I had two drains, one drain. Um, it wasn't the drain that was full. It was where the drain was connected. So it freaked me out. And then I felt lightheaded and dizzy and it was just awful. So I called the surgeon and um, he said, you know, it's probably the pain meds. Stop taking the pain meds, you know, switch to Advil. Um, so I did that. And then um, just kept having like all of this bleeding, which is really disturbing to just like, you're just bleeding out. Like there's nothing you can do. Your body's just bleeding everywhere. So I went off the pain meds and I went on Advil and that was fine. My pain was very minimal. Um, that was really great. Very little pain, but um, I could not figure out why this incision site was, um, that this drain site was bleeding. So finally I'm like, you know what? I've had a billion surgeries. I'm just gonna, I'm gonna address this um, drain site the way I did it before. So I went um, online, Instacart. I had Walgreens deliver the stuff that I remember using when I had my other surgeries. And I took all the stuff off of the drain site and I wrapped it and put everything on the way I remembered and it worked and I didn't have that issue anymore. So then it was great. Um, so took it easy, didn't do a whole lot. Um, a week and a half later, it's my birthday and I was feeling really good and I'd been walking for a couple hours a day and was ready to get back to work. And the drain was like, they wouldn't take the drain out and it was super annoying. And so I pulled it out. I was like, screw this, I don't need it. So I took the drain out on my birthday morning. I had been dreaming about it. Like I was sleeping and I dreamed all night about taking the drain out. So when I woke up, I'm like, mm, I must need to take the drain out. I basically already did in my subconscious. <laughs> so, I Googled how to remove a Jackson Pratt drain. Easy peasy, snip the stitch, pull it out. So I did, felt so much better um, to spend my birthday without a drain um, taped to my body. Drains are terrible. 
Um, and then um, my birthday was awesome. We had boot camp. I couldn't do anything, but did a warm up with 43 burpees for my birthday. And then what was gonna be a 5K for my birthday we ended up just being a group run walk. I walked and then we gathered and we had donuts and coffee and the boot campers came and just loved on me. It was just so great. These people I've only known for a few months and they just spoil me and they treat me like a princess and they are the kindest, most loving, amazing group of people. I'm so lucky. So um, after that was done, went to the Carillon to work, to teach classes. And that was hard because I was just not able to move very much. Yeah, I was walking around, but I couldn't bend or twist or demonstrate anything. And I teach a class called the Booty Burn. So trying to describe how to get into these positions with bands that I couldn't do, I really had to learn to use my words to describe what I was doing, what they were supposed to do instead of demonstrating with my body. So that was a big learning experience. And then the next class, core and more. I couldn't lay down, I couldn't bend over, and I'm having them do core movements. Um, but it's core and more. And so we focused on the more, which ended up being like <laughs> bicep curls <laughs> and overhead presses with little dumbbells. Because more, more can be anything. More could be go to coffee. It's core and then we go to coffee. So that was challenging. But anyway, this is getting to be a long story. The bottom line is, is after that, everything went kind of south and I started to swell. So basically um, on one day when I weighed myself, I was 25 pounds heavier than I was on surgery day. That was all water. My belly was huge. I felt water slashing under my skin, just absolutely swollen. Like overnight, do you have any idea how uncomfortable it is to go from normal to being seven months pregnant with water overnight. It was heinous. And I was trying to teach at the Carillon and it happens to be the one day that the tallest, most thinnest, most beautiful Russian woman came to take my kettlebell class. And I'm like, a bloop, a bloop, a bloop, you know, like swinging a kettlebell and like this water is sloshing. My face was huge, my lips were huge. 25 pounds of water is a lot of water on your body. So that was tough um, and then just incision bleeding anyway. It was a mess. And so when I went to, it was the two week mark when I had to fly to Minnesota to go get my doggy and have my goodbye meal at um, at my job. And so I, I went to the, I did boot camp and then I went to the surgeon's office on my way to the airport. And I had been concerned because there was bruising on my incision line. And so I go in there, I lay down the nurse gets me all situated. The doctor comes in. I couldn't see him because I was on my stomach. And um, he took a look and, you know, he's been doing this a real long time. He's the number one butt surgeon in the country. The waiting room was full of women lined up to get their butts done on this particular Monday. Nothing faces him. Certainly not my bruised and weird looking incision line. So he taps me on the shoulder. Hi, hi, good morning. You don't think he said hi, hi. He said, hi, good morning. And he said, oh, yeah, we're going to want to drain this. And I think, okay. You know, I had a seroma with my tummy tuck, and so they drained it, which just involved a little syringe, pulling some water out from between the skin layers. And um, I'm like, okay. So then I'm laying there again, face down, and I start hearing words like, mm, let's get some local. I'm like, mm, local, like anesthesia. And sure enough, he's like, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just numb the area. I'm like, oh, that's weird, but you little prick, no big deal. Then he proceeds and I'm not gonna describe what happened because it people are squeamish and I scarce can believe exactly what happened, but he drained it. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. 
and it was just absolutely barbaric and I wasn't expecting it. And then afterwards, he put these little temporary drains in and um, then they put like just gauze over them and then a binder and the nurse said, so when these gauze pads get wet, get full of blood, change them. I said, oh, okay, so when, like how will I know when to change them? She said, oh, when they soak through. Oh, okay. So I'm going to wait until I'm bleeding out of my clothes and then I'm going to change these pads. Yep. Like, I'm going to get on an airplane and fly to Minnesota soon. Is that okay? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Yeah, this is normal. So off I go to Walgreens to get my prescription antibiotic just in case. Go to the airport. Just freshly sliced open with just basically a Band-Aid. Uh, it was just absurd and I was so it was emotional I, I was just it stressed me out and um just trying to move and get on an airplane and sit and be still and knowing that this I basically had gaping wounds uh, anyway the flight was um terrible it was awful because um there was just no way to know um how my incisions were doing and they weren't doing well and so Lots of changing of the clothes. Let's just put it that way. But I got to Minnesota. I got to see Holly, uh, my OG best buddy from Minneapolis. Got to meet her and her babies. Um, stayed with Amanda. I got to see Amanda. It was so great to see Amanda. We hadn't really had time together since our show to really talk about the experience. And then, of course, to talk about our life since. It had been, at this point, it was about six weeks after our show. So we went for a walk, we went to breakfast, and we just talked about everything we'd been through since the show and how we'd been these pendulums swinging, you know, back and forth and overeating and trying to get back on track and coming to terms with gaining weight and not being as lean and not getting the compliments. I mean, she and I were walking down the street for weeks getting people just stopping and complimenting our bodies. And it was fun, okay? Especially being a couple of former fatties. To walk down the street and have everyone stop and gasp and point out like, whoa, do you compete? And you're like, yes, I do. I mean, it's amazingly fun. And then you don't think you're hanging on to that. But then when it's over, you're like, oh, man, I'm just, I'm just me. I'm not super ripped me. And you kind of have to let that go. So we talked about that and just had a lot of laughs about just the process and how, you know, we each really thought that we were maybe a little better than that vanity but we really weren't we really liked it and it also made us both just want to get back to the gym to lift and to feel good and to look good in our skin and obviously not to that extreme but we both really like being strong women and um amanda's an adventurer she spent six weeks after the show going camping with her kids and she did a 70 mile bike race with her husband and like doing the big fun things and she's been action verb living and I'm so proud of her because that's really like getting back to who you are yeah lifting for aesthetics is awesome getting those compliments is awesome but it's it's empty versus spending time with and creating memories with and doing things with people you love that's action verb living that's using your body in a way that feels good especially for Amanda who is an adventurer I'm not an adventurer she is, and so she was doing adventure things. Super proud of her, it was just awesome. And um, I really regretted that I chose to take this time after the show to sit on my butt and have my butt cut open and not be able to do anything. 
not be able to run, not be able to do anything. It was really bad timing. So in hindsight, I should have waited to do the butt surgery. But anyway, it was great to catch up with Amanda. And then of course, you know, seeing the work people had breakfast with my parents. And then I picked up my doggy. He's right here. He is so annoying and so wonderful. He's annoying because he's not used to living in a condo. He's not used to being back here. Everything scares him. Everything makes him bark. Everything makes him fly in my lap. Um, when we go outside, he has to re-sniff every single thing. So super annoying, but super worth it. Cause I just, oh my gosh, I love having him back. He's on my lap right now. He's just, he's just, I don't know. He's like this warm little love. I just always have love with me and I just am so happy to have him back. So super great to have him back. And um, since then just kind of settled back into life and um, my butt surgery and now I can look at the before and afters and I'm really, really happy. He took about five inches of, of skin off each butt cheek basically. So I had a puddle of skin kind of under each butt cheek and that's gone and so um, I have I guess the butt that I was supposed to have if I hadn't been 400 pounds. Um, I need to add some muscle to it because I still don't have much. I mean, I still have a flat butt. Um, but at least there isn't a puddle of skin under each butt cheek. And it makes me happy because it, um, it, it bothered me. And I'm a big proponent of plastic surgery. If something bothers you, fix it. If it's within your means. And usually it can be within your means. I mean, you have a car payment, so have a plastic surgery payment. I don't know. That's just how I feel. I understand that that is not always how everyone feels, nor should you. It's just me. But um, it's done, and I don't think there's anything else. I think I got all rid of all of the excess skin off my body um, until I fix my face, which is my favorite joke ever. I'm not doing anything to my face. So that's what's been going on. Just getting used to life again. Um, butt surgery. Trip to Minnesota. Got my dog. Um, and then I just, um, I'm launching group coaching program and um it's the first of many i'm really excited about it because i i, I coach my clients to um, a peaceful relationship with food we start with you know what are the things that trip you up what's the number one thing that's keeping you stuck and in a circle and not able to lose weight or stick to your goals we start with that one thing and we um we work together to find a reasonable rule around it so um for example some people have a really really hard time with say ice cream like I do fine on my diet, but on the weekend I go nuts and I buy a thing of ice cream. Once I eat some ice cream, I say, screw it, I ruin my diet, and now I'm off to the races and I eat a bunch of junk. So for someone like that, I say, okay, well, it's possible to hit your goals and still have ice cream. How often do you think that you could have ice cream in your life and still stick to your diet? And sometimes the answer is never. Sometimes any ice cream triggers a binge on other things, and so it needs to just be put away for a while to say, I'm not having ice cream for the near future, TBD. Other people say, you know, if I could just have ice cream once a week, it would be a treat and, and then I wouldn't obsess about it. And then I say, okay, so what happens if you buy a half a gallon of ice cream and you have a serving? What happens? Oh yeah, I probably shouldn't have it in my house because I'll keep going back to it or I'll fixate on it. So then that rule turns into something like, I have ice cream once a week, outside of my house. I go out for ice cream once a week and a week is Sunday through Saturday. So it's a really firm rule so that that person can have ice cream. Typically we don't even put a size on it. You can have a large Sunday because guess what? Nobody ever stayed fat 
because they ate one large ice cream sundae a week. It's not enough calories. Maybe if it was a 17 scoop or whatever, but that's not typically what people do. It's typically, you know, two or three scoops, maybe 800, 1,000 calories. So still not like a great choice in the grand scheme, but compared to eating 3,000 calories by eating a whole container, plus Doritos, plus a cake, plus getting pizza, it's, it's a huge, huge positive change in the right direction. So we start there. And um, I'm excited because once we get a fence around that first thing with my clients, we can go from there and we can start adding things like, okay, what else is going on? You know, how do you wanna eat? What's a good way of eating that you know will work for you or you wanna try? Let's get going on it. Let's put some food rules in on when you eat and what kind of foods you eat. So we start by checking in on protein. We start checking in on how frequently you're eating. When are you overeating? Are you waiting too long to eat? And just starting to get some structure and routine. Some people really like to food prep and to have, you know, one of the rules is on Sunday, I always shop and food prep. Some people are never gonna food prep. It's not gonna be part of their life. So their rule is simply every single night, I set out my food for the next day, I plan it out. Um, people like that will eat rotisserie chickens. They'll buy bags of pre-hard boiled eggs. Um, they'll buy frozen shrimp and throw them in an air fryer. We talk about all these quick and easy ways that they can eat food that works with their plan that doesn't require food prep, that doesn't require a ton of shopping. Um, some people eat out seven days a week and they say, okay, I've got to eat at home at least a couple of days. We make rules around that. So whatever it is, because there's no two people that are the same. So it's really cool. I do this for my individual clients and then now I'm going to be doing this in groups so that I can teach this material to the group and then do the one-on-one -on -one sessions with each person. So people are getting a lot more value, a lot more time with me, um, but I actually can reach more people at once. So I'm super stoked. Um, our first group starts this coming Tuesday. It's almost full. Probably not doing another group until September, um, but I'm working on other group um, training programs um, for other topics. Some people really have a hard time with self-worth and understanding their own value. So I'm going to be having some groups um, talking about you know valuing yourself and how that translates into the choices that we make. So that's what's going on with the business of Kristen now that I'm not an, an accountant controller. So there's that and then the boot camp is thriving and I'm doing group personal training um, sessions with people outside. It's just so much fun. So that's the latest with Kristen. Um, looking ahead, it's July. I am going on two trips. I'm gonna go to DC. I'm excited one of my friends is having surgery. I'm gonna be her nurse. I'm gonna take care of her. So good. And that's gonna be really fun. And then the next week I'm going to the Ukraine. So my friend Yulia, who is my very first friend here in Miami, she came to boot camp. She and her husband got married a couple of years ago. And they have a little little baby, Maya. She's our boot camp baby. And uh, Yulia comes to class on the beach and she brings her baby and um, they've adopted me. They've invited me to dinner. They've just loved on me and they're just a wonderful family. I just, they just, they were, they just, they took me in. They loved on me first. And so they weren't able to have a celebration in Ukraine for their wedding um, because of COVID. So they've been married and they have a little girl, but they've never gotten to have a wedding in Ukraine. So they're having it in July and Yulia asked me to be in the wedding. And I'm so excited. I'm gonna hop on a plane and I'm gonna fly to Ukraine and I'm gonna have eight days and I'm gonna get to see 
Ukraine. It's like I'd never imagine in a million years I'd go somewhere like that ever. And um, I get to go and I get to travel with one of Yulia's friends who is from the Ukraine, who currently lives in the US. And so I just gotta get to Istanbul. She's gonna meet me and she's gonna get me the rest of the way there so I can relax and travel with someone who speaks the language and knows the way and oh my gosh, such a gift. So super excited. I so totally need to shop. I have nothing to wear, but I'm gonna go to Ukraine. So exciting. Um, I say yes to everything. That's my motto in my life right now and it's turning up uh, roses. So that's what's going on with me. I am, uh, I'm gonna hit publish on this puppy and get it out there. And um, if you listen to this podcast and you love this podcast, please tell me. And then please tell me what you want me to talk about. Because as I've said before, I don't know what you want to hear. And I wanna give you stuff that you wanna know and stuff that you wanna hear. So um, if you listen to this podcast, please give me topic ideas um, or just send me questions. I like to answer your questions. Anything, you know me, I'm totally an open book. There's nothing, I just talked about my butt for 20 minutes. I'll talk about anything. Um, by the way, my butt looks amazing. I'm super happy. It was such a hot mess that I was like, I don't know why I did this. And I kind of forgot to even look at my butt to see if I liked it. And then one day I was like, I should actually just take a look. And I was like, oh my gosh, my butt looks so good. So, you know, just in case you were wondering if I liked my butt. Riggs, calm down. Riggs is um, looking at the door. Like, I don't know why. Anyway, so that's all I have for you. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, ask a question, and um, share the podcast. This one, super interesting. You know, people can learn about my butt. <laughs>